Thank you for joining the U.S. Army Corps of Engineers Northwestern Division for today's Missouri River Basin Conference Call. The format for today's call follows a revised agenda rather than a regularly scheduled monthly update. The monthly update was sent in a press release yesterday and is available on our website and through social media. The re revised agenda for this call includes an update of current runoff conditions as well as status updates from the Kansas City and Omaha districts. These calls will be held each Thursday at 1 p.m. Central Time as conditions warrant. These calls are provided as a courtesy to congressional representatives, tribal, state and local government officials, including levy sponsors and emergency managers, and the media. I am Eileen Williamson, and I will be moderating today's call. These calls are recorded and placed on the Defense Video and Imagery Distribution System at www.dbidshub.net slash unit slash USACE dash NWD. Your participation acknowledges your consent to be recorded. All lines will be placed on mute during this call. To unmute your line to ask a question, press star six. Please be aware that the forced mute function does not work on all phones. So if I ask, please use your phone's own mute function to avoid interrupting the call. Do not place the call on hold. The agenda for today's call is as follows. From Northwestern Division's Readiness Contingency Office, Mr. John Layhouse. National Weather Service, Missouri Basin River Forecast Center, Mr. Kevin Lau. From the Missouri River Water Management Division, Mr. Kevin Grody and Mr. Mike Swenson. From the Kansas City District, Mr. Rick Wexelbaum. And from the Omaha District, Ms. Tanya Dutra. These updates will be followed by a question and answer session. Calls for questions will not be part of the recording if none are asked. I'll now turn the call over to Mr. John Layhouse. John? Hi, Eileen. Uh, this is John. Do you hear me? We got you. Thank you. Uh, thank you. Uh, good afternoon, and thank you for joining our regional call regarding the Missouri River Basin flood recovery efforts. I'm John Lehow, Chief of Readiness and Contingency for the Northwestern Division, U.S. Army Corps of Engineers, representing our activities under the Public Law 8499 for flood control and coastal emergencies. The purpose of this stakeholder call is to update you on water management activities as well as the impact of the rain events on the Corps' response and recovery operations. Headquarters Northwestern Division and our Kansas City and Omaha districts have been engaged in response and recovery efforts since March 13th when a bomb cyclone unleashed large amounts of rainfall into unregulated systems, damaging over 500 miles plus of levees on the Platte and Missouri rivers from Fremont, Nebraska to St. Joseph, Missouri. Rains have not let up much since March, and this second series of ongoing widespread heavy rains have covered the entire basins of the Missouri, Osage, and Kansas rivers since the beginning of May. The sustained rains and subsequent runoff have prevented the districts and local levee sponsors from accessing levees and in most areas where we are conducting initial repairs or emergency breach closures, we have been forced to suspend work until earlier this week. These new rains have caused further damage to an already weakened system and they have caused additional overtopping and breaches to another 48 levees stretching across the state of Missouri. Our district's field teams continue to assess 
the magnitude of damages, and the associated repair requirements. These field investigations are used to estimate funding requirements and determine if repairs are economically feasible. For those levies that may be feasibly repaired, the Corps will continue to work with sponsors to design and construct repairs as rapidly as the law, funds, weather, and resources allow. For details on these processes, please contact our district emergency management offices. Under PL 8499 authorities, we will continue providing recovery support until all emergency repairs and restoration are complete. In conjunction with our repair activities, we remain prepared to assist with additional flood fighting where needed. We continue to monitor the river basins for potential future flooding and managing the water in regulated tributaries and river basins. We are tracking that the U.S. Congress has passed a disaster relief bill that will provide funds to support our basin-wide recovery efforts. At this point, I am not aware if the President has signed this bill or even when it is signed. We will need to wait additional guidance from our headquarters office in Washington before those funds are available for use. The folks in headquarters are actively working on that guidance. Additionally, we have already received and are employing more than $100 million in emergency funds to support the ongoing flood fight and recovery efforts. The Corps of Engineers Northwestern Division is committed to better communication with the congressional delegations, states, tribes, and stakeholders, and this call is just part of that effort. As Eileen mentioned, there will be a question and answer session after the presentations, and I encourage you to ask questions. This helps us improve all of our communication efforts and gives us some additional insight as to the concerns of the Basin stakeholders. I'll now turn this back over to Eileen to get us back on schedule. Thank you, John. And uh, Kevin Lau, it's over to you. Thank you, Eileen. Again, this is Kevin Lau. I'm with the National Weather Service Missouri Basin River Forecast Center in Kansas City. And on behalf of the National Weather Service, I'd like to thank the Corps for inviting us to participate on these series of calls. First, I'll go over uh, the current flooding situation across the Missouri Basin by state. In South Dakota, we still have ongoing flooding along the James, and it is still in a major category at its mouth. We also have flooding along the Big Sioux in the state of South Dakota. In the state of Nebraska, we have flooding on the lower end of the North Platte. In the state of Iowa, we have flooding ongoing along the Little and Big Sioux Rivers. In the state of Kansas, we have ongoing flooding along the Big Blue, the Black Vermilion, and the Kansas River at Hermouth. And in the state of Missouri, we have ongoing flooding along the Grand, the Walkendall, Little Osage, the Osage, the Sac, the South Grand, and Big Creek. And along the Missouri River itself, we have flooding ongoing from uh, Blair, Nebraska, to the mouth at St. Louis with the following locations in major category on the Missouri River. They are Sibley, Miami, Glasgow, Jefferson City, and Herman. Looking at the next seven days, we have isolated scattered thunderstorm chances um, across the basin uh, days one through three. That includes uh, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. Saturday has a little bit more organized uh, system extending from eastern Kansas through central Nebraska up into eastern South Dakota with one-half to one-inch uh, amounts possible. Days four and five, that would be Sunday and Monday, 
looked good across the basin with very little rain, if any. Day six, which will be next Tuesday, we do have half an inch possible in uh, southeast South Dakota and northeast Nebraska. And then day seven looks to be clear. We continue to be in constant communication with the Kansas City District with regard to levee conditions and reservoir releases and with the Missouri Basin Water Management in Omaha with regard to the main stem release schedules. And we incorporate any changes into our river forecast model as we receive those. Uh, this concludes the National Weather Service brief, uh, pending any questions at the end of the call. Thank you. Thank you, Kevin, and I'll hand it over to Kevin Grody for update on the Missouri River Basin Water Management. Good afternoon. My name is Kevin Grody, G-R-O-D-E. I'm the Reservoir Regulation Team Lead for the Corps' Missouri River Basin Water Management Office. This office is responsible for managing the six Missouri River Mainstream Reservoirs. I will speak to the observed and forecasted runoff, or sometimes known as the reservoir inflows. And after my talk, my colleague, Mike Swenson, who is the power production team lead, will describe the resulting reservoir elevations and releases. The 2019 calendar year runoff forecast for the upper Missouri River Basin, which is the Missouri River above Sioux City, Iowa, is 50.0 million acre-feet which is about 197% of average. If realized, this would be the second highest runoff in 121 years of record keeping, exceeding 1997's 49.0 million acre feet. The record is 61.0 set in 2011. The May upper basin runoff was 8.9 million acre feet, which is nearly three times the monthly average. It was the second highest May runoff since 1898, exceeded only in 2011, which was 9.2 million acre feet. The press release we sent out yesterday indicated that the average May runoff is 5.6 million acre feet. That is in error. It's actually 3.3 million acre feet. May precipitation throughout the entire Missouri basin was much above average. Significant portions of western South Dakota, central and southeastern Nebraska, and the state of Kansas observed anywhere from four to eight inches more than normal. For example, in portions of western South Dakota, monthly precipitation was more than eight inches, and in some locations, more than 11 inches. The High Plains Regional Climate Center recently compiled statewide totals and they indicate that the May precipitation was the highest in 125 years of record for the states of Nebraska, Kansas, and Missouri. All this May precipitation has exacerbated the soil conditions, which continue to be very wet in large areas of the entire basin. And this is significant because uh, with very wet soils, any rainfall uh, can, be, can become direct runoff. We broke records in March and April and continue to break them in May in regards to runoff. As noted earlier, the May runoff was the second highest since record keeping began. The May runoff in the Gavins Point to Sioux City, the Fort Randall to Gavins Point, and the Garrison to Owyhee reaches were all records. The May runoff into the Owyhee to Fort Randall reach was the second highest, 
exceeded only in 1942. To date, we have received more than an average year's worth of runoff in the upper basin. The January through May accumulated upper basin runoff is 29.6, which is more than 4 million acre feet more than the long-term average of 25.3. The March April, May runoff of 27.6 million acre feet exceeds the previous record for these three months by more than 4 million acre feet, which was set in 2011 at 23.3. While there are many comparisons to 2011, the big difference between 2019 and 2011 is that mountain snowpack was much above average in 2011. It's about average in 2019. Thus, the forecasted 2019 June inflows into Fort Peck and Garrison of about 5.6 million acre-feet is about 3 million acre-feet less than the record 2011 June inflows into those two reservoirs. In regards to the mountain snowpack, as of today, June 6th, mountain snowpack continues to melt, albeit a little slower than normal. In the Fort Peck Reach, we still have 26% of the snow, and in the Garrison Reach, we have 48% of the snow. The snowpack in both reaches peaked in mid-April at about average levels. The melt is occurring a little slower than normal due to the colder than normal temperatures and the fact that the upper elevations received a boost in snowpack in late May. Regarding soil conditions, much of the Missouri Basin is very wet, particularly in South Dakota, Nebraska, Iowa, Kansas, and Missouri. In those states, soil conditions are at the 95th or 99th percentile for most, if not all, of the states. And this is significant as we head into June and July because if the soils are fully saturated, Infiltration from rainfall events is drastically lessened and the runoff into the streams and rivers and eventually into the reservoirs can be significantly increased. With regard to future weather, the National Weather Service's CPC or Climate Prediction Center is forecasting increased chances for above normal precipitation and below normal temperatures for the next two weeks for the entire basin. And as we look further out, um, the CPC is indicating the same, increased chances for above normal precipitation and below normal temperatures for June, July, and August. Unfortunately, these conditions are not conducive to the soils returning to more, no to more normal conditions in the near future. I will now turn it over to Mike so he can speak to reservoir elevations and releases. Okay, thanks, Kevin. Reservoir system storage is currently 67.8 million acre feet, slightly above the base of the system's exclusive flood control zone. About 28% of the flood control storage remains available to store runoff this summer. Gavin's Point releases are currently 75,000 CFS. <clears throat> the updated monthly reservoir regulation forecast, which was posted to our website earlier this week, shows holding that release through June to manage reservoir levels and continue evacuating water from the reservoirs. Fort Randall Reservoir is at elevation 1369.8 and is declining slowly. The reservoir is nearly five feet above the base of the exclusive flood control zone. 
Releases from Fort Randall are currently at 65,000 CFS and are expected to increase gradually to 67 or 68,000 CFS over the next several days. Big Bend releases are currently about 43,000 CFS. Releases will range from 43 to 45,000 CFS over the next week. Oahe Reservoir is at elevation 1618.2 and is slowly declining. The reservoir is 1.2 feet above the base of the exclusive flood control zone. Releases from Oahe are currently about 48,000 CFS and will likely range from 48 to 50,000 CFS through next week. Garrison Reservoir is at elevation 1848.7 and is rising due to runoff from the melting snowpack, mountain snowpack that Kevin discussed. The reservoir is 11.2 feet above the base of the annual flood control zone. <clears throat> it is expected to rise into the exclusive flood control zone by early next week. Releases from Garrison <clears throat> are currently 15,000 CFS. <clears throat> Releases will Releases will be stepped up starting Saturday, reaching 30,000 CFS by the end of next week. Fort Peck Reservoir is at elevation 2244.7 and is also rising due to runoff from the melting mountain snowpack. The reservoir is 10.7 feet above the base of the annual flood control zone and is, it is expected to rise into its exclusive flood control zone later next week. Releases from Fort Peck are currently 9,000 CFS. Releases will be held at that rate through next week. We will continue to monitor conditions in the basin and will make any necessary release adjustments in the coming weeks. Thank you, and that concludes my remarks. I'll turn it back to Eileen. Thanks, Mike. Thanks, Kevin. Uh, we'll turn it over to Rick Wesselbaum in the Kansas City District. Hey, good afternoon. Everybody hear me? We got you. Thanks, Rick. Uh, good afternoon. I'm Rick Wetzelbaum. I'm an emergency management specialist from the Army Corps of Engineers here in the Kansas City District. The Kansas City District Emergency Operations Center is currently operating at our highest level, level one or full activation, with operating hours being 24 hours a day, seven days a week. If you need assistance from the Kansas City District, we can be reached on our 24-hour emergency line at 816-426. 6320. I say again, 816-426-6320. The district remains committed to providing direct and technical assistance in accordance with Public Law 8499. We have 132 Corps employees actively engaged in this historic high water event. And since May 22nd, we've issued over a million sandbags to towns and communities in the Sunflower and Show Me states. All three of our automatic sandbag machines and operating crews have been assisting local flood fight efforts since March. Our gravity-fed or manual sandbag machines have been utilized multiple times during the event, and we currently have two available upon request. Additionally, we've issued dozens of pumps and over a mile of HESCO barrier to levee districts and communities fighting back high water. Today, we have two of our mobile li liaison teams providing technical assistance to our federal and non-federal PL8499 program levies. In the last two weeks, 49 levies have been overtopped or overtopped and then subsequently breached. Yesterday, four levies in the Boonville of Jeff City reach of the Missouri River were overtopped. This morning, the A1 levy district, which is east of Jefferson City in Callaway County, Missouri, was reported as being overtopped. 
Once water has receded enough for levy sponsors to inspect their levy systems, our district will begin the levy rehabilitation process by sending out rehab assistance letters to the local PL 8499 levy sponsors. The sponsors will then have 30 days in which to identify and request core assistance. The U.S. Coast Guard's closed the Missouri River to all vessel traffic from St. Louis, River Mile Zero, to just north of Kansas City, Missouri, River Mile 380. The closure will remain in effect until the water levels decrease to a safe condition as determined by the U.S. Coast Guard, captain of the port. Flood waters remain dangerously high. It's important to note that flood fights are local. Multiple communities, levy owners, and operators continue to battle high water to protect their homes and livelihoods. Water on a levee is a dangerous condition and residents should make safety decisions consistent with local emergency management recommendations and family values. Make decisions around flood waters as if your life or the lives of others depend on it. As flood fighting continues, we'd like to remind everyone participating in this call that the Corps will be here to provide support as long as it takes. Pay attention to watches and warnings issued by the National Weather Service and abide by the guidance of your local emergency management and law enforcement officials. Thank you. This concludes the Kansas City District's remarks. Thanks, Rick. I'll turn it to Tanya Dutra from the Omaha District. Hello, my name is Tanya Dutra, Emergency Management Specialist with the Omaha District. Our important update is that we have completed all preliminary damage assessments for each of the affected levies. Upon completion of the preliminary damage assessments, our next step is to complete the project information reports which are nearly complete as well. The final step is construction. We still have four levees currently under construction. The significant rainfall we had in late May delayed the work on our contracts along the left bank of the Missouri River. Work has restarted on all sites and estimated completion dates are as follows. Levy 611-614 south of Council Bluffs, Iowa is June 21st. Levy 601 near Bartlett, Iowa, June 17th. L575A near Percival, Iowa, 14 June. L575B near Hamburg, Iowa, 8 July. L594 in Fremont County, Iowa, 14 June. Within the next week, we are anticipating several contract awards. The first is for breach repairs at Levy L550 in Rockport, Missouri area. The second is for follow-on work to the breach repairs at Levy L575 near Percival and Hamburg, Iowa. And the last is for the breach closure number two on L594 in Fremont, Fremont County, Iowa. As a reminder, life safety is our primary focus in our efforts to repair the levy systems, and we continue to work with federal, state, and local emergency management agencies to ensure the public is aware of the continued safety risks associated with damaged levies. This concludes the Omaha District update. Thank you. Thanks, Tanya. And we're going to move to um, the question and answer session. Uh, due to high demand, our guests from the National Weather Service had to depart to participate in another call. So if there are questions specific to weather forecasts, we may have to have those addressed offline. Um, I'll receive questions from congressional delegation members, tribes, state officials, local governments, and then we'll move to the media. Please be sure to state your name and the organization you represent before asking your question. We'll start with the state of Iowa. Remember to star six to unmute your phone. Mute 
no questions from the state of Iowa, we'll move to the state of Kansas. No questions from Kansas, we'll move to Missouri. Again, star six to unmute your phone. Hey, this is Colonel DeCiro also. So for our congressional delegations, uh, Colonel DeCiro, I'm the deputy commander of the division. So for anybody that's about to give comments or ask questions, it's good to give AAR feedback also if this is not uh, scratching the information need, if it's duplicative of other calls that you hit on Omaha or Kansas City. Um, let us know. Give us a little bit of an AAR after action review of is, is this meeting the mark of your information needs? Yeah, please keep going, Eileen. Thank you, sir. Um, okay, so State of Montana, star six to unmute your phone. State of Nebraska, again, congressional delegation, tribes, state officials, local government. State of Nebraska, this is Dean with Congressman Bacon's office. Colonel, yes, these briefings are very informative. Uh, please continue as conditions warrant because it's a good roundup complete for everything that's going on and one-stop shopping is always great. Thank you, Dean. Dave, North Dakota. This is Laura Ackerman with the North Dakota State Water Commission. Um, yes. My question is, do you know how high releases out of Garrison Dam will get this summer? I'll let Mike Swenson answer that. Yeah, Laura, uh, our current forecast shows uh, peak releases from Garrison of 46,000 CFS this summer. Um, I guess for comparison purposes, uh, last year, peak releases from Garrison were about 60,000 CFS. You don't think they'll go any higher? Or? Um, you know, that's always a possibility. Our, of course, our uh, other runoff scenarios do show higher releases um, than that, but right now we're just showing 46,000 and, and aren't uh, showing anything higher. Okay, thanks. Thank you, Laura. Any other questions from the state of North Dakota? Hi, this is Chris with Senator Kramer's office. Um, that CFS level, what does that mean for the flood stage at Bismarck? Uh, I don't have that number right off the top of my head, but the 46,000 should be well under flood stage at Bismarck there. Last year at 60,000, we remained about a foot below flood stage throughout the summer, and when it did go up, it was triggered by rain events. Any other questions, State of North Dakota? Okay, moving to State of South Dakota. Again, star six to unmute your phone. This is Jeff Dooley from Dakota Dunes. Hey, Jeff. Got a question in regards to the uh, to the monthly study and, ba and the and the basic condition scenario, uh, the the 50 million acre feet runoff um, projected uh, to come up with the numbers throughout the year. Does that in 
does that account for uh, above average precipitation, above average runoff, or is it just is it average runoff for the rest of the year? No, it, uh, this is Kevin Grody, Jeff, and uh, based on the uh, the soil conditions and the CPC outlooks, uh, this takes into consideration um, consi the 50.0. Uh, is, is factoring in a expected above normal precipitation on very wet soils. Okay, very good. Thank you. Thanks, Jeff. Any other questions from the state of South Dakota? Hey, Elaine, this is Jerry at WNAX in Yankton. Hey, Jerry. So when the releases from Gavin's uh, kicked up to 75, and I know your release this week said, uh, you know, for some time, that kind of open-ended sometime, you know, August, September, fall. You know, what what what's the thought on that at this moment? I'll let Mike Swenson answer that one for you. Uh, of course, it's very dependent on the runoff that we see between uh, now and later in the year. The current basic forecast shows us holding that uh, 75,000 release into sometime in July, and then we uh, do show lower releases uh, in the later summer and fall. Still higher than normal releases, though. Um, but again, it's very dependent on the runoff uh, for the remainder of the year. Yeah, and considering the inflow that you talked about coming off the mountain, and uh, you know, as that comes down, what, you know, what amount of uh, flow would change that uh, output from Gavin's? Well, we're already, Jerry, this is Kevin Grody. So we're already expecting above normal precipitation uh, in June and July, but if it were to be much above normal precipitation, uh, then that, of course, would result in higher releases out of Gavin's. Okay, thanks. All right, thanks, Jerry. Um, for State of Wyoming, Congressional delegation, tribes, state, local government, star six to unmute your phone if you have any questions. State of Wyoming. Okay, none heard. We'll move to media. State of Iowa. Yeah, this is Sandy Parmenter with the Shenandoah Valley News. Um, hey, questions, questions for Tanya. I, didn't catch all of those uh, levy updates as far as repair dates. Uh, any one specific, or would you just like me to give you all of the estimated okay. dates? Could you run me by the estimated completion dates, or let me know if it's been updated on your website yet? Um, I'm uncertain as to whether or not it's been updated on the website, but I'll run through those dates okay. for you again. Thank you. Um, L611614, south of Council Bluffs, Iowa, is June 21st. L601, near Bartlett, Iowa, is June 17th. Mm -hmm. L575, Breach A, near Percival, Iowa, June 14th. L575B, near Hamburg, Iowa, July 8th. And L594 in Fremont County, Iowa, June 14th. Okay, and then I think you mentioned a couple of others just a little bit later in the conversation that were just those getting were, ready. Those are anticipated contract awards. 
L550 in Rockport or near Rockport, Missouri. Mm -hmm. The follow-on work for L575 near Percival and Hamburg. And breach closure number two on 594 in Fremont County. Okay. Okay. Thank you. You're welcome. All right. Thanks, Candy. Hey, Tanya. Any other questions? Is, Go ahead. Tanya, this is uh, Matt Raby from Portland, Oregon. Could you clarify if those are interim or permanent or other types of repairs and what those terms mean, please? Or, or are they just contract awards for those type of repairs? You're talking about the second dates that I gave, their um, upcoming contract awards? So you're talking about repairs. Are those interim repairs, uh, permanent repairs? What types of repairs are those? They're full re rehab repairs. Okay. Matt, John, does that answer your question? Yes, that's good. If, uh, as they're updating their website, uh, that type of clarity is good. All right, thank you. Any other questions, State of Iowa? Media? Okay, State of Kansas. Star six to unmute your phone. Okay, none heard. State of Missouri? Somebody still has a uh, hot mic out there. Make sure your phone is muted. State of Montana? State of Nebraska, star six to unmute your phone. Media questions? This is Nancy from the World Herald. Hi, Nancy. Hi. Hey, so going back to the discussion just now with Tanya, um, this, I had been, I'm, I think I might have been confused, but I just want to make sure to get this clear. For some reason, I thought the work on the levees being done uh, were patches and that awaiting further funding, the Corps would come back down the road and make permanent repairs to these levees. So, so I just want to make sure I understand, are these full permanent repairs that are being done and we won't need to come back and, and uh, work on them? Nancy, I can't answer that at this time. I'm sorry. Okay. Okay. Uh, Not a problem. I can get back to you. It's sure. You would like. Sure. Okay. Absolutely. I just it's because I've been calling them patches, and I if, and I want to make sure I use the right language. Sorry, and sorry, then, Nancy. Nancy, I'm sorry. This is John Lehow from uh, Northwestern yeah. Division. So just to make sure we're all in sync on terminology being used. So we use initial repairs uh, and te emergency temporary repairs. That's the patchwork that you're hearing. The difference between the two, the initial repairs are part of the initial part of a permanent repair, and then you have emergency temporary repairs, which are just, that's truly patchwork type of effort, uh, temporary in nature, but to stop the the hemorrhaging of water coming into the into the levee area. I hope and that so, helps. what? Yeah, that does help. And so you guys will get back with me in terms of whether we're doing. Whether whether we're done once you guys are done with what you're doing right now, whether you'll be coming back and doing more work, does that make sense? Because that it, tech, right. and and we owe you that you know that feedback. 
And this is and this is Colonel DeCero. So yeah, the reporter previously, it'd be nice if we got back offline with her to make sure we're have good have good expectation management of what she's writing is the same thing as what she meant as what we meant. Sure, absolutely, no problem. Yep. I've got I've got both Sandy's and Nancy's contact information. Oh, yep. Uh, Nancy, Thank you. did you have any other questions? Well, you know, of course I do. <laughs> <laughs> So the hundred the the funding for these repairs you guys talked about funding earlier is this all from that hundred million dollars I think that John might have mentioned mentioned earlier or is is that where this money's coming from? I'll let John answer that. I'm sorry, Nancy. Could you repeat the question? Yeah, earlier you mentioned that there is a hundred million dollars in emergency funding that you've been accessing. It's just so that I write it correctly in my story. Is that um, where the money's coming from for the repairs that are underway right now? So the money works. Yeah. So I, I'm I'm still a little unclear with the question, but let me try. Um, so the uh, hundred million dollars has been the total amount of effort that we've employed here uh, for both recovery and response efforts. Uh, that's across the board. That that does not that is not pulling from any legislation or anything like that. That's currently in Congress. That is what the core currently has in our in our. Uh, funds right now to to conduct and our authorities PL eighty four ninety nine uh, to conduct these type of activities. And Did I answer your question? Well, let me. Uh, my sentence that I'd like to write for my readers is: uh, um, the levies have been repaired through hundred million dollars in emergency funding. The and uh, additional work will get funded through the three billion that Congress Congress offered. I just want to, if you're using emergency funding to repair these levies, I thought I would. You know, a, a pool that's been set aside from emerge, and, and I don't need to belabor this point, but that's what I was trying to get at. So, so yes, the funds that we have been using have been strictly uh, have been for both uh, the emergency temporary repairs and for the initial repairs. So okay. all this is this is all from the same uh, PL eighty four ninety nine authorities that the Corps of okay. Engineers has. Okay, and that's and that's then, called the uh, Flood Control and Coastal Emergencies FCC and E. Okay. And is that hundred million for the whole core everywhere in the country or just for the Kansas City district? That's just for no, actually that's just for the Omaha. Uh both Omaha and Kansas City AORs. Okay. Okay. And then earlier you or someone talked about the congressional relief bill and uh awaiting the process for how the funds will be distributed. Is it correct to understand that 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 three billion dollars in that bill was set aside for the core, and so then my follow-on question would be, is that for the whole U.S. and uh, is part of the question how much we're going to get here in the Kansas City and in Omaha districts? So that- we don't know yet until that until it actually gets signed off and uh, sent to us. Uh, I'll just leave it at that right now. Basically, okay. And then, do you have any idea how $3 billion for the core compares to the need? I do not. Not at this stage. Okay. All right. And then, one last question for for Tanya. Um, Actually, two questions. With these levy repairs and uh, this levy work that you described, will all of the holes on the Iowa side be closed? Or are there still holes on the Iowa side to close? The current contracts that I was speaking of and the upcoming contracts do not encompass all of the damages. So there still would be holes to patch? 
I don't know how to respond to that. I would not call them holes, Nancy. Okay. All right. There are damages to levees remaining, right. yes. Right. I guess what I mean is um, since people are waiting for the levees to close so that their fields dry out and communities dry out, that's kind of what I'm getting at. I realize you know, that there's probably still damage to the levees, but would the holes be closed, the breaches be closed, so that the fields could start drying out? Does that make sense? The major breaches are going to be repaired to inhibit the water from flowing through. Okay. And then one last question. When you said follow-on work at these levees, what does follow-on work mean? In the case in which I was speaking of, with L575, there's two different what we call stages of work, and that's just the um, protection level. So the follow-on would be what some might call a second stage of work on that same area. Okay. I appreciate your time. Appreciate your help. Thank you. Thank you. That's no all my questions. You're welcome. Thanks, Nancy. Hey, Any hey, other Nancy. questions from the state of Nebraska? Oh, hey, sorry, Eileen. somebody else is talking? Yes, go yeah, ahead. I'm sorry, I, I'm sorry, Eileen, this is John. Um, I just want to help uh, clarify some questions for Nancy, and that is we have uh, our our initial, our first phase, our initial phase is to stop the the, the flooding. That's the uh, temporary, emergency temporary repairs and initial repairs. And what uh, Tanya would, uh, was referring to is Stopping the the flow of water coming into the levied areas at the northward side of the of the levee system, allow the that'll stop the water coming into the levied area, and then allow it to drain out at the south end. Um, right now, the way the conditions are, we have additional breaches that are in the in uh, additional breaches breaches from March, uh, resulting from these recent uh, rains and, and flooding that we'll have to go back in and conduct more initial and emergency temporary repairs. Um, the second part where I think you were asking about and what Tanya was referring to is going back to full restoration of the system, right? We can't get there until the water drains out and we stop, we stop the water from flowing in and when the water drains out from those levied areas. So there's two phases, initial phases that we're talking about. The first one is the initial if you look at this as a, a medical procedure, the triage, stop the bleeding, stop the water from flowing into the levied areas, and then the second portion, allow it to drain out and then seal up those levees so at least we have some level of protection in those levied areas, and then go into phase two, which is our restoration of those levee systems back to their uh, authorized level of protection. I hope that helps answers your question some more. Yeah, thank you. Okay, I'll go back to mute. <laughs> so he says. Uh, so, <laughs> any other questions from the state of Nebraska? It's probably been long enough for yet. Star six to come off mute. Okay, moving to North Dakota. And South Dakota. And Wyoming. Last call, star six to unmute your phone, national press or otherwise. Okay. The next call will be scheduled for next Thursday, June 13th at 1 p.m. Central Time. For those of you who are on the line and in the Kansas or Missouri area, 
They are holding a daily call. It's held at 3 p.m. Central Time, and they provide more detailed information on Kansas and Osage River operations, as well as their flood response efforts. I do encourage you to participate in those calls. We appreciate your participation today, and we'll talk to you next week. Thank you.